0: Hello and welcome to PW Kidscast, the children's book podcast from Publishers Weekly. In each episode, we speak with authors and illustrators creating books for children and teens. I'm John Sellers, the children's reviews editor at Publishers Weekly. Today, I'm speaking with Kate Beasley, who's making her children's book debut this fall with Gertie's Leap to Greatness. The book, a middle grade novel, is being published in October by Farrar, Strauss, and Giroux, an imprint of Macmillan Children's Publishing Group, which is sponsoring this podcast. In Gertie's Leap to Greatness, Readers meet Gertie Reese who is determined to become, as she puts it, the greatest fifth grader in the whole school, world, and universe. It's a goal directly tied to a painful fact of life. Gertie's mother, who lives in the same Alabama town but not with Gertie, looks like she's getting remarried and going to be leaving the state entirely. Meanwhile, Gertie's social life is just as tumultuous, as a new student threatens her plans to be the number one fifth grader at school, and those very same plans start taking a toll on Gertie's existing friendships, too. Kate, thanks for speaking with me.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: And, uh, you know, congrats on your first book. Gertie's Leap to Greatness was acquired in a multi-house auction, I think, and a six-figure deal back in 2014. Uh, What have these past two years been like?
1: They've been so exciting and such a learning experience. You know, when I was writing this book, I had no expectations because, you know, your first book and it was mostly just an education and how to write a book and then it sold and... They got such a warm reception at FSG. And it's been exciting ever since. The time has flown by. I know two years sounds like a long time, but it's just been a blink.
0: All right, so I imagine it's safe to say this is pretty far beyond what you ever uh, might have imagined when you sat down and started writing this story.
1: Oh, definitely. I I tried to keep my hopes low because the publishing industry is so hard to break into. And there are so many books out there being published every year. You know, I think you just try to keep your hopes low and focus on the work and focus on the book and your characters and then see what happens.
0: Have there been any particular things that have surprised or struck you this being your first time through as you've watched the book take shape?
1: Um every new thing is exciting and surprising in its own way. My sister also is an author and her book came out in 2015, so I got to watch her go through the debut process and I think that made it a little bit smoother and easier for me. I kind of knew what was coming up. But yeah, I think just hearing readers' responses to the book has been surprising and exciting because when you write, you're sort of all alone with your book and you have maybe one or two readers. But to see many people reading the book and responding to it has been a wonderful experience and surprising in every way.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, As you mentioned, uh, your sister Cassie uh, is the author of Circus Mirandus, which published last year. Was becoming writers something, is is that a a goal or an idea that the two of you had shared, something that you discussed?
1: When we were growing up, we were both readers, but we never talked about being writers because we didn't know any writers. You know, we had never had an author visit at our school. And to us, I mean, the author was just a name on the cover. But when we started college, we both went to college together and we started taking writing classes and we loved the writing classes and we knew that we had to keep up with this. And then, yeah, we kind of took a step-by-step journey. So that's been fun.
0: To what extent do you guys uh, share your writing with each other? Do you sort of serve as sort an of editorial sounding board for each other's work?
1: Definitely. Um, she's my first reader. So as soon as I write something, I print it off and give it to her and ask her what she thinks. And I do the same for her. And we edit each other along and along. So she has read so many versions of Gertie's Leap to Greatness and... Edited it so many times. She probably feels like it's her book too.
0: (gasps) Do you feel like aspects of your relationship as sisters kind of manifest in the way that you offer suggestions to each other and approach each other's work?
1: Oh, sure. It's the best thing ever to have your sister be your first reader because she can be really honest with you. And sometimes your friends can't be quite as honest because they want to stay your friends, but. Your sister can say anything because she's always going to be your sister.
0: Well let's uh you know talk a bit about this story. Um you mentioned, you know, several versions of, of Gertie's uh story along the way, but how did it initially come into being? What were some of the initial pieces that maybe came to you?
1: The very first thing that came to me was the first sentence. Um it's the bullfrog was only half dead, which was perfect. And that sentence it just sort of felt like a gift. I didn't plan it or or think about it too much. I just wrote it down and I thought, well, that's really interesting, and I wonder what kind of character thinks this. And I wanted to know so much more about this voice, and the story really grew from that. And I found Gertie pretty early on, and I loved her, and I knew I wanted to spend so much time with her. So that's where it all grew out of.
0: Do you have a lot of uh, strong memories of your own time as a fifth grader?
1: I do. I think fifth grade is one of the hardest ages in that 9, 10, and 11-year-old period. I think everything's new and difficult and tumultuous, as you said in your introduction. And I remember that really vividly. And I think that's why I want to write about it.
0: Did you feel like you ended up needing to or wanting to draw on some of those personal experiences with Gertie's story? Or was this, you know, did you feel like this was a, a line and a character that came to you, but this was something very distinct from your own sort of experience?
1: There are no specific instances, like one for one, where I draw in my own life. And Gertie really came with her own story and her own problems. But I think whenever I'm writing, I try to imagine how I would feel in that moment and try to imagine certain situations I've been in which were similar so that I can remember what it felt like to be 10 and what it felt like to have trouble with your best friend. And I think that's something that's pretty universal. Everybody has that moment where they're fighting with their best friend at 10 years old and You can draw on that and apply it to Gertie's story to try to get the emotions right.
0: Well, you know, speaking of uh, some of the problems Gertie has, you know, her relationship with her mother, or really kind of the lack thereof, is, you know, a very central aspect of this book. And, And I thought it was interesting that we don't really even see her mother until quite late in the story. Was that decision sort of about bringing readers closer to Gertie's own experience and kind of letting us feel that absence and feel part of some of these questions that she just doesn't have answers to?
1: Exactly. So when I was writing the story and I was following Gertie day by day, her mother isn't there. And so it made sense that she wouldn't come up in the story. And I know there are going to be a lot of questions from readers about where is her mother and what is she doing and why did she abandon Gertie? But Gertie herself doesn't know. And I think that's probably the most difficult thing Gertie faces is not having the answers. But I think that too, because... In life, sometimes we have really big, pressing questions, and we're never going to get a satisfactory answer, and we have to learn how to move on without it.
0: And uh, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about the, uh, the environmental angle to the story. You know, I, I feel like a lot of times in children's sure. books, you know, we see kids as environmental activists and crusaders and that sort of thing. But Gertie's in the position of sort of defending the oil rig that her father works on uh, you know, in a way that feels protective of him, but also you know, the community that she's grown up in. Can you uh, talk about your approach to sort of that angle of the story?
1: Sure. Um, well, when I came up with Gertie's dad, I just immediately knew he worked on an oil rig, so I didn't set out with any any plan to make a statement or send a message to anyone. I just thought, oh, he works on an oil rig. And and then when Gertie sort of has to defend him, it's, it's something she hasn't ever thought about. She respects her father, and she believes that he's a good person. And I think readers will see that he is. It's just... I think maybe it's a side we don't normally get. We think um, the environmental crusaders, we see their side of it, but we don't really see the other side. And I wanted to give a balanced perspective to the problem and not really provide any answers because I don't have any answers.
0: Mm -hmm. Again, you said that there's definitely some changes to to Gertie's story along the way. Um, How did you end up eventually getting connected with your agent?
1: I was in grad school and I was about to graduate and... My sister had actually done a bunch of research on agents trying to find the right match and, you know, figuring out who she should work with. And she told me, Emily Van Beek is amazing and she would be perfect for you. And that's actually how I found her. My sister sort of was the matchmaker.
0: Very good. And then the book sold to FSG. Um, You know, what was the editorial collaboration like at that point in the process?
1: I love my editor at FSG. Her name is Grace Kendall and... From the first time I talked to her, I just knew she got these characters, and she loved these characters, and it made me really excited to work with her, and she's been so passionate about the project every step of the way, and every time I get one of her letters, I feel like I see my story from a new angle, and I want to work on it even more and make it even better, and I feel like we're a real team over there, and this is her baby too, so I'm excited.
0: Well, you know, the book isn't out yet, of course, uh, but I assume you've been hearing from some readers, um, I'm sure booksellers and librarians, for starters, um, who have found their way to the book. Is that right?
1: That's right.
0: And uh, how how has that been, suddenly seeing, you know, after all this time with this story to finally have it out there with readers kind of coming to it and bringing their own perspectives and uh, interpretations to it?
1: It's really cool because it's been so long in the coming, you know, and it's always been about the readers, though, from the beginning. I love hearing their opinions and hearing the the different takes they have on things, you know. People have told me about the the environmental issues in the book and how that was really a an important aspect of the book for them, whereas for me it was it was important but it wasn't in the forefront. And it's just really interesting to see how people take the story and interpret it in different ways and I love that and I hope that happens a lot more.
0: And uh you know you were I believe at Book Expo America this past spring, uh, where your book was part of the middle grade buzz panel um was that one of your first public experiences where you were sort of meeting readers and mass for the first time?
1: That was my very first public appearance as an author
0: <laughs> <laughs> and what, what was your impression? How did it go?
1: Oh, I was so excited and so nervous, and it was a really big event. But it was wonderful. I found that everybody in this industry has been so wonderful and lovely and charming. And I loved meeting readers. And yeah, I had a really good time.
0: Did I see that you also got to meet uh, Kate DiCamillo this past uh, summer?
1: Oh, I did. I did. I was at Nerd Camp in Michigan. And Kate DiCamillo was a special secret guest who came. And I actually got to stand on a stage with her. (laughs) It was a really good moment.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So what are your plans uh, for October when the book finally arrives?
1: When the book comes out, I will be on a book tour. I'll be doing school visits for two weeks, and I'm really excited about that. I'm getting my school visit presentation all ironed out, and I'll get to talk to so many kids. And when I get home, I plan to go to a bookstore with my sister, and we're going to take a picture of our books side-by-side on the shelf.
0: Excellent. Do you guys have a a local favorite that you uh, tend to frequent?
1: We do. We don't have any indie stores around us, which is a shame. Our closest one, I think, is about three hours away. Mm -hmm. So, we'll just go to the local Barnes & Noble.
0: Very good. You know, We should also, of course, talk about the artwork for the book, uh, which was uh, created by Jillian Tamaki. Uh, How was it seeing Gertie and the people in her life uh, take shape in someone else's hands like that?
1: I loved it. I knew Jillian's work from this one summer, and so I knew that it was going to be really, really good. And so I wasn't worried at all. And then when I saw the first sketches of Gertie, it was a really special moment because that was my character. I immediately knew like, oh, that's her, that's Gertie. And I feel so lucky with this artwork. It is the finishing touch on the book and it's so elegant and so exquisite. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, I always hate to ask this because I know this is your first book and it's not even out yet, but are there other projects you're either working on or mulling over or thinking about that you can talk about?
1: I'm mulling over several different projects. Um, I'm going to write another middle grade novel, and I think it will be a standalone, and probably not in the Gertie universe. And that's all I can say.
0: Okay, fair enough. Sort of
1: secretive.
0: Uh huh. Do you do you do you see yourself staying in middle grade? Does this feel like a home for you as a writer, or are you curious in sort of experimenting there as well?
1: Well, I won't say that I'll never experiment, but I feel really comfortable in middle grade. I think these are. When I look back at the books that have meant the most to me and my favorite books, they're all middle grade and I feel comfortable writing here.
0: Very good. Well, uh, you know, thank you again for speaking with me and congratulations on the book.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Once again, I've been speaking with Kate Beasley, whose debut novel, Gertie's Leap to Greatness, arrives in October from FSG. Thank you for listening to PW Kids Cast.